You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Hey, and I want to apologize ahead of time if y'all hear some background noise on this. I'm sure Jim Chapman will do his best to get it out, but unfortunately, it's so hot in the studio today, I had to turn the air on. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, we're going back to the, the series, and this will be Death Penalty Phase Three. And y'all, if you haven't listened to the first two series, go listen to it. And and this, I'm doing something unique. I'm reading straight from the courtroom transcripts because they are that powerful and what you've heard so far i hadn't script i hadn't scratched the tip of the iceberg so stick with me um thank y'all everybody who voted in the podcast awards we'll see how that turns out in another week or so i love and appreciate each and every one of you thank your patron members convicts and y'all go follow me uh, uh my latest gig is uh tiktok go, f- go watch all my funny videos so it's real life real crime on tiktok all right getting started when I left you last, they were about to call Paige Dowden to the stand, okay? And remember, I'm going to say the person's name, and then it's going to be a question and answer session between Mr. Hall and, and Paige, at least the first part. Um, so it says, Paige Dowden, having been first been duly sworn, testified as follows. Direct examination. Mr. Hall, Question. Are you all set? Answer, and y'all, the answer is going to be paged out. And, yep. Question. Would you please tell us who you are, please, ma'am? Answer. My name is Paige O'Pry Dowden. I am Christy O'Pry's sister. Miss Dowden, you were among the last people to see your sister alive. Is that correct? Answer. That's correct. Question. Tell me just a little bit about Christy before we start start talking about that. Answer. Christy was a wonderful girl. When we were kids, we moved around 14 times. By the time I was 14 years old, and Christy and I were the only consistencies in our whole life, and we had a fantastic relationship always. She was a really sweet, sweet girl. I mean... She had such a soft heart for animals, and she didn't have much, but if she had something, she was sure to share it with you. She was just a really sweet girl. Question. At the time of her passing, you're telling that you enjoyed a pretty close relationship with her, right? Answer. Correct. Question. And you said that that had gone on throughout your life, different systems of moves? Answer, yes. Question, 
And you made a point to say, it was just the two of you, right? Answer. Well, we had other siblings, but they were younger. She and I were best friends always. Question. So as it speaks to you in your heart, personally, her loss was significant, correct? Answer. Yeah, we were supposed to grow old together. That's never going to happen. Question. Tell me about her circumstances at the time of her passing. Where was she living? Who was she living with? That kind of thing. Answer. She was living on Linwood Avenue. She had just moved there a little less than a month before she disappeared. She was living there with her boyfriend, Todd Dean, or legal name, Jerry Todd Dean. And for a short time, well, actually, she was unemployed at the time, and her family was helping her with money. She didn't have a car, so she wasn't in a real good shape right before she disappeared. Question. Not having a car is important, correct? Answer. Correct. Yes. Question. You had made efforts close to this period in July 1996 that we're talking about to help her, right? Answer. Yeah, my husband and I gave her a car the Tuesday before she disappeared, three days before this happened. My husband and I gave her a car that we had driven around town that day, and I believe they drove it away, and I think it was sold that day. I don't even know if if it even made it to her house. Question. When you say it was sold that day, we've mentioned a name, Jerry Todd Dean. Is he a piece of garbage? Answer, yeah, he's a raging alcoholic, or he was at the time. I haven't spent much time with Todd these days. I don't know how he is now. Question, please confine your reflections to back then, ma'am, please. Answer, all right. Question, he treated her bad, correct? Answer, yeah, he was real rough. Question. Physical abuse, correct? Answer. Yes. Question. Christy's life was not perfect? Answer. No. Question. So within the context of this is Christy running around with other people that are not society's best at this time? Answer. Probably so. Yes. Question. All right. But she has children, correct? Answer. She has one child. Question. And, yeah, I did phase it in the plural. Do you see her child in court? Answer. Yes. Question. Could you point her out for the ladies and gentlemen of the jury, please? Answer. Second row. Blind on the far left. Question. Second row, blonde, is that her? Answer, yes. Question. What's her name? Answer. Jordan O'Pry. Question. Jordan O'Pry, at the time all this is happening, how old is Jordan? Answer. Three, almost four. Question. Her birthday is getting ready to come up, right? Answer, right, right. Question, her birthday's in August? Answer, right, yeah. Before Christy disappeared, she mentioned at least twice, maybe more, that Jordan's birthday was coming up and she wanted to have her birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. It was really, really important to her. And when Jordan's birthday rolled around three weeks after Christy disappeared and she wasn't, She wasn't, and we couldn't find her still. I knew that something had happened. Question. Well, I understand what you're talking about. I've talked with you several times, right? When you say planning this birthday party, tell me more about what you mean about how serious she was about this birthday party. Answer. It was just really important to her. Jordan was very important to her but she had a hard time making a living 
with no vehicle and no good man to count on at that time. And she just, I, I don't know what to say. She just, I don't know. I, I lost my track of thought. Question. That's all right. Answer. What's your question? Question. My question was, how important was the planning of this birthday party for Miss Jordan? Answer. Very important. Like, one of the most important things there was for her. Question. Is it fair to say the most important thing to her at that time? Answer. I would say so, yes. Mr. Hall. May I approach the witness, please, Your Honor? The court. Yes, sir. Question. Let the record reflect that I have previously shown this to defense counsel. Could you identify what I have marked as P4, please, ma'am? Answer. Yeah. This is Christy and her daughter, Jordan. Question. Is this taken near the time of her death? Answer. I'd say one to two years before. Question. So Jordan there is maybe two? Answer. Two, yeah. She looks about two. Mr. Hall. Your Honor, at this time I'd offer and introduce P4. Mr. Godmont. No objection. The court so ordered. P4 was marked for identification admitted into evidence. Mr. Hall. Can I get the lights, please? Question. The photograph is faded, right? Answer. Yeah, it's faded. In fact, it looks like it's turned a little pink colored. Question. A little bit of pink, but that's what the passage of time does, right? Answer. Right. Question. And your sister here, you said a little bit about what was going on here. Can you describe now? It's up just a little bit more about what you know about the photograph, please. Answer. Honestly, I don't know the details of this exact photograph. We've got a lot of photographs. This is just, this has always been one of our favorites. Question. But that's a fair reflection of how Christy looked, at least. Answer. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely beautiful girl. Question. All right. So we got her living not in a nice place. We got her not hanging around with nice folks. We've got you trying to give some help with financial issues and giving her cars, and those cars are quickly sold. One of the things that I have to ask you, did Christy sell that car you gave her? Answer, I don't think so. I thought Todd and Eric did. Question, okay, so... The car goes away however it goes away, correct? Answer, right. Question, with the passage of time, we end up at your house on the last time you saw her, right? Answer, uh-huh. Question, tell me about that, please, ma'am. Answer, this was Friday, July 19th, 1996. I had been at work all day. I arrived home around 6 p.m., and within one hour, Christy showed up with the defendant just out of the blue. I didn't expect them, and Christy said that we're just Mr. Price. Objection. Hearsay. The court. Mr. Hall, do you want to, re want to rephrase? Mr. Hall, that's fine. Question. With respect to statements that were made to you by people who are not Eric Mickelson, those would be subject to hearsay. Answer, okay? Question. Subjects about things that Eric Mickelson said we can say. Answer, right. Question. Other than that, we're going to have to kind of talk around what was said. Answer, right. Are we still talking about the sale of the car? Question. No, ma'am. I'm talking about at your house and when they arrived, what did you see? What were y'all doing? That kind of thing. Answer. I'd just gotten home from work, and I was just hanging out at the house, taking a break before I started dinner, 
and taking care of my children. And they drove up out of the blue, and I went outside and started talking to them. And Christy said, hey, we were just in the neighborhood. Mr. Price, objection again, Your Honor. It's hearsay. The court, rephrase it. Mr. Hall, Your Honor, I will rephrase. Question, so when she pulled up, I'm just asking, what did they do? Did they come see you? Did they knock on the door? What did they do? Answer, I heard them drive up and I walked outside. Question, and during that time, you saw your sister, obviously? Answer, yes. And you saw her with somebody, correct? Answer, yes. Who did you see her with? Answer, Eric Mickelson. Question, do you see Eric Mickelson here in court? Answer, yes. Question, can you point him out for the ladies and gentlemen of the jury? Answer, glasses, balding, with a tie, dark tie, white shirt. The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Au revoir. Question. Can you be a little bit more specific because you could be describing other people? Answer. Second person from the end of the table Blonde hair, glasses, tan or beige white shirt. Question. Thank you. Mr. Hall, let the record reflect a proper identification of the defendant, Eric Mickelson, in open court. Question. As you all were there, all of you together, were you all outside for a portion of while you were at your house? Answer. Yes, yes. Question. During that time, did Mr. Mickelson come into contact or see your dog? Answer. Yes, yeah. Question. What happened there? Answer. If I could say this, Christy said we were in the neighborhood and Eric would like to jump on your trampoline. Is that okay? Question. Yeah. My question is, answer. This is the exact statement she said to me. Ms. Sheely, objection. Question. It is. Answer. Okay. Well, this is what she said. Can Eric jump on your trampoline? The court. Hold on. Hold on. Miss, rephrase it, Mr. Hall. Question. Miss Dowden. I know that it's been a long time since your sister's passing, correct? Answer, yeah, 15 years. Question, and you've been wanting to get this matter into court ever since then, correct? Answer, yeah, yes. Question, and it's been a long time coming. Answer, 
it is. Question. And you've got a story you want to tell us, right? Answer. Yeah. And I think what I'm saying is pretty simple. Question. I do understand that. With respect to what I am asking, I'm not asking you for the truth of the matter asserted. I'm not trying to prove that. I'm also trying to get a present sense impression of what's going on there, just so everybody is alerted to what I'm doing. Answer. Okay. Question. What happened? Answer. Okay. Christy came over out of the blue. Asked me if Eric could jump on my trampoline. I said yes. I did make the statement. I've got a huge dog in the backyard. It's on a chain. Just walk around it so he can't reach you. And then Eric turned around and said, what are y'all going to do if I kill it? And I said, I'd be very upset. Those are very expensive dogs, and I love them. Question, what kind of dogs were they? Answer, English Mastiffs. Question, I know what an English Mastiff is. Can you tell us at least how big an English Mastiff is? Answer, 150, 200 pounds. Question, this is not even a large dog. This is a very large dog, correct? Yes. Answer, yes. Question. Now, all that's in relation to jumping on a trampoline. Have you ever met this guy before? Answer, no. Question. Are you all engaged in any illegal behavior at this time? Answer, no. Question. So what I'm asking you, is there anything unusual like getting high or any of that going on right then, specifically right then? Answer, no, no. Question, this guy just rolls up with your sister and is asking to jump on your trampoline and then he makes a weird statement about your dog, correct? Answer, uh-huh. Question, you've already... I think conveyed that this strikes you as weird, right? Answer, yes. Question, if, if nothing else, during the rest of the time there, what did you all do? Answer, we sat, well, we went on my front porch swing for a short time, and we were just talking. And at that time, well, what, what made us decide to quit visiting on the front porch and go inside the house was I had two birds on the front porch in a cage, and Eric opened the door outside. They could have flown out, but he opened the door, and he started sticking his hand in and trying to grab the birds. And I was like, this is enough. So we shut the door. And he had been messing with my dog and kept touching Christy's knee. And I had a little tiny chihuahua, too, and he kept touching Christy's knee and the dog was just going crazy. The dog didn't like him at all. So finally, between the dog and the birds, and anyway, the dog's statement, we went inside. Question. Inside, did y'all continue to converse and talk? Answer. Yeah, we just mainly small talk. It was nothing important to discuss. Question. At any time... While you all were there, did you all smoke a joint? Answer. There was a small roach. And when I say small, I mean small. Not even worth bringing in. It had already been smoked before it arrived at my home. And it was brought inside, but it were, wasn't worth bringing in. Question. So yes, but nothing to speak of? Answer. No. No question so eventually it would be time for this little get together to get over is that correct answer right question and the party moved outside is that correct answer well not quite not quite question well 
tell me what you did. Answer. I could tell you what happened next. My husband was home. He has a shop on our property. He had been out working. He came inside and said, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? So I left Christy and Eric and my husband sitting there together visiting while I went out to the kitchen to fix something to eat. I was trying to hurry up and get him something to eat and get back out to Christy. And I had been there for just a few minutes and Christy came in the kitchen and she said, we're about to go. Mr. Price, objection, hearsay, the court. Response, Mr. Hall, your honor, I'm not offering it for the truth of the matter asserted. I'm also offering it for Miss, Miss Dowden's present sense of impression of the events as they are occurring only. Mr. Price, if it's not for the truth, then I would argue it's not relevant, just as her present sense impression. Mr. Hall, Your Honor, I would also offer things said and done as the events are spoken or speaking for themselves. This is the only reason it's before the jury. The court. The objection is overruled to the last question. I will allow some latitude, but we need to make sure we comply with the code of evidence. Mr. Price, note my objection. Question. I know Miss Dowden wants to just tell. Answer. Yeah, I'm almost finished. Question. She has a conversation with you in the kitchen, right? Answer. Yeah. She comes in the kitchen where I am. She and I are in the kitchen alone together. And she tells me we're about to leave. I said, please don't leave. I'm almost finished. But before I could get out, she and Eric got in his truck and were backing. They backed out of my driveway and question. I think something happened before they backed out, correct? Was there anything to do with alcohol? Answer. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Question. Tell me about that. Answer. I guess I, I skipped that. I have forgotten. It's been so long. And near the end of their visit, Eric got some, I think, he had maybe brought a bottle of hard liquor and he had some glasses and he was mixing drinks on the tailgate of the truck. And I don't remember any more details about that. Question. Do you remember whether Mr. Mickelson gave any of that to your sister? Answer. I think so, but I'm not positive. Question. Fair enough. You also stated just a minute ago, talking about backing out of the driveway and off she goes, right? Answer, right. Question, and that precisely is the last time you saw your sister, correct? Answer, the last time. And I knew something was wrong, which I know may not be relevant to this court, but I knew right then something was wrong. It was so strong, I went and told my husband, I hope something uh, I hope nothing bad happens. I just have a horrible feeling something is going to happen. And I never saw her again. Question. Efforts for the family to find her were, were extensive. Is that correct? Answer. Yes. Question. Tell me about trying to find your sister. Answer. I personally looked. We made so many phone calls. We were trying to make sure that something hadn't happened to her. So we called everybody we knew. We had a private detective, actually two private detectives helping us. We had many people just from the community that were trying to help with the investigation. Question. When you say many, and I think many means five, ten, something like that, what does it many mean to you? Answer. More than that. Over time, people would come to me and say, well, can I help? Do I need to put up flowers? Or can I have flowers made for you? And people would come get them, and they were distributing missing person flyers or posters to hang up in public places all over Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. In fact, a lot of them were even in South Louisiana. Question. Jordan's birthday came and went, right? Answer, 
Yeah. Question. Did Christy show up for that? Answer. No. Question. Other significant days. Jordan's first day at school. Jordan's Christmas. Family Christmas. Came and went. Christy ever show up? No. Question. Never see her again, right? Answer. No. Question. I did not ask you before, but Christy had a dog, right? Answer. Yes. Question. Was that dog important to her? Answer. Very important. Question. I don't want to forget the dog. Tell me about the dog. Answer. Yeah, well, the reason why she moved into the house on Linwood was because this place had a smell, a small fenced-in area for her dog. And the way she left her dogs, to my opinion, the way she left her dog tied up outside, and it was really hot at that time, almost as bad as it is now. And I think she expected to come back that afternoon. I don't think she would have left that dog chained up in the heat if she was going to be gone for more than just a few hours. Question. Okay. And so that was something that was odd to you about her manner of disappearance, correct? Answer. Yes. Question. There was problems with that, right? Answer. Right. Yeah. Question. Tell me about what you saw when you went in, what seemed unusual to you that may have suggested something about the manner of her leaving. Answer. Well, all of her all of her blow dryer and things that she would use to get ready in the morning, you know, make herself look good, it all seemed to be there. And all of her Clothes seem to be there. Question. So is it fair to say that sometimes your sister would leave? Is that correct? Answer. She would leave, but she would take a duffel bag of her stuff, at least to sustain her as long as she expected to be gone. Question. Is the reason for her leaving at least sometimes related to how Todd Dean treated her? Answer, yes. Question, okay, and just to make sure nobody is missing what we're talking about, he beat her, right? Answer, yeah. Question, and so sometimes she needed to leave, and during those times that she had left before, would it ever be such that she wouldn't contact you? Answer, no. And I can give you many examples of times that have nothing to do with me where she would, like, get caught in an ice storm in East Texas. She'd call me for that. I'm not going to be able to come back to Shreveport tonight. I mean, even if nothing was wrong and she was somewhere fine, even if she couldn't come back home, she would call me. Question. So Todd Dean might not know where she is, but you would know where she is if she was missing answer yes usually yes question and just to make sure that nobody is missing it she didn't call you this time right answer no question so in and of itself unusual hair dryer unusual clothes Unusual. Dog tied up. Unusual. Missing birthday party. Unusual. Correct? Answer. Yes. Question. So as we go through all of this, first the days, then the months, then the years roll by. You're telling me about extensive efforts, and you expect that close to the disappearance. So those efforts didn't end there, did they? Answer, no. Question, are they still going on now? Answer, 
We've done some work this year, yes. Question. But generally speaking, you all have tried. I think it's fair to say everything a family could do to find out what happened to your sister. Correct? Answer. Yes. Question. So in your efforts, isn't there also information on the Internet just related to Christy and her disappearance? Answer. Yeah. And I wrote a website in 1997. It was my first website, and I had to learn how to do it and make code and just write the website, but I did. Question. So all the way back in 1997, remember that's just, if anything, a year later. We think from 96 to 97. Since then, there has been publicly available information. If this notion that Christy is somehow alive, she could have accessed if she had turned on a computer, correct? Answer, yes. Question, still nothing from that, right? Answer, no. We even had our social security number run several times over the years to see if it was being used anywhere. Question, and nothing, right? Answer, no. Question, so from your point of view, is it fair to say your relationship with your sister, somebody just slammed a door on it and that's it? Answer. Yeah. Question. Miss Dowden, I've asked you a bunch of questions. I appreciate your response. Would you please answer any questions Miss Sheila may have for you? Goes to cross examination, y'all. By Miss Sheely. Question. Good morning, Miss Dowden. Answer. Good morning. Question. The last time you saw your sister was July the 19th, 1996. Is that right? Answer. Correct. Yes. Question. And that was at your home? Answer. Yes. Question. And you said that you saw her leave with Mr. Mickelson. Is that right? Answer, yes. Question, and they had had a couple of drinks or they were mixing drinks on the back of the truck? Answer, Eric was, yes. Question, and Christy was there with him? Answer, yes. Question, before Christy left, you said, no, stay, don't go. Is that right? Answer, yes. Question, and Christy voluntarily went with Eric? Answer, right. The person she thought was her friend. Question. Her boyfriend at the time was Jerry Todd Dean. Answer, yes. Question. And they lived together? Answer, yes. Question. And she and Jerry Todd Dean had a violent relationship? Answer, yes. Question, you actually called the cops on Jerry Todd Dean before? Answer, I never have personally. Question, you know that he broke her wrist, right? Answer, right. Question, when Christy moved into the trailer, your mom bought them a couch. Is that right? Answer, yes. Question, and she lived with Jerry, Dot, uh, Jerry Todd Dean and another person. Is that right? Answer, correct. Question, the other person is Wade Burnley? Answer, Burnley, yes. Question, when you went or the day after you last saw Christy, that day being July 20th, 1996, Jerry Todd Dean offered two women anything that they wanted that was Christie's. Is that right? Answer. I was told that by one of the females. Question. By one of the women that he had offered anything that they wanted of Christie's? Answer. Yes. Yeah. Question. And he was selling her furniture? 
answer. Well, I don't have um, the only knowledge I have of that is we were moving Christie's furniture out of her house, and the next door neighbor came over and said, "You can't take that couch. I've already paid Todd ten dollars for it." And my mother said, "I just bought this couch for Christie. It's not Todd's to sell, and so you'll have to get your money back from Todd." Question. So that's the first part we're talking about, where you heard from someone that Todd was saying, anything you want, that's Christie's. That's July 20th, 1996. Is that right? Answer. Possibly. Yeah, I think so. Question. And then you go back to the trailer on July 26th of 1996 to clean out the trailer? Answer. Right. Question. And there was hardly anything in the trailer. It's It looked like it had been packed up almost. Answer. Well, the main thing that we noticed was mostly kitchen stuff missing. All of her clothes seemed to be there. Makeup, hair dryer, all the normal female stuff that girls need to get ready. And that all seemed to be there. The dog was there. I think some silverware was missing, and it's not expensive silverware. It's just cheap silverware. I don't know why anyone would take it, but I'd been told by a neighbor that Todd had moved some of the kitchen stuff a few houses down the street because he was staying there. I don't know why he was staying there. Maybe he was taking some of the stuff that he needed for daily life to the neighbor's house because he knew they were about to move all the stuff out of that trailer and he couldn't stay there anymore. That's what I was, that's what I suspected. Question. And he was selling off her possessions? Answer. I just know the couch. Question. Are you aware of the last thing that your sister told Jerry Todd Dean? Mr. Hall. Objection. Hearsay. Answer. No. I don't know anyway. Question. She had left him before, right? Answer. Many times. Question. And she'd leave not just for one night. She'd leave for up to two weeks? Answer. I don't recall any two weeks. She stayed at my house the week before she disappeared for like four or five days. And that was kind of like a long period of time. But this is an adult woman who had her own house. Question. At the time, she lived with Jerry Todd Lean, right? Answer. That's correct. Question. And sometimes the relationship would get so violent that she would have to leave him and try to make sure that he didn't know where she was. Answer. Right. Well, he knew if she was on my property, she was safe. He better not come in there trying to get her. He knew that. Question. She was safe from him? Answer. Right. Miss Sheely. Thank you. The court. Any redirect? Mr. Hall. Yes, sir. Very briefly. So, y'all, this is redirect examination by Mr. Hall. By Mr. Hall. Question. Now, selling stuff or Todd Dean selling her stuff or taking her stuff or otherwise feeling entitled to things that weren't his because they were Christie's is nothing new, correct? Answer. That was what, that was way always from the very beginning. He would bring people home and they would go get her TV and go pawn it. I mean, when she died, she had a broken telephone and a crock pot she owed Finger Hut for. She had nothing else besides her personal belongings and clothing and a used couch my mama had bought her. Otherwise, the girl had nothing left. She had no TV. She had no stereo. She had nothing left. Question. So to the extent that this notion that kitchen items and Whatever else you describe are missing, that's nothing new, right? Answer, no. Question, that's not unusual, was it? Answer, that's normal. Question, okay. 
Now, while we're talking about Jerry Todd Dean, did he know Mr. Mickelson? Answer, yeah. I thought they were longtime friends. Question, oh, so they're buddies? Answer, yeah, and they remained buddies after this. Question, well, didn't think we had covered that before. Mr. Hall, thank you, Miss Dowden, the court. Any new matter brought up on redirect? Miss Sheely, no, Your Honor, the court. All right, no further questions then. Thank you, ma'am. And y'all, I'm going to stop it there. Uh, uh, this next one is is really going to get into it. This is where uh, they actually are calling law enforcement to the stand, and they're going to tell you why the prosecution, in my mind, is so geniusly setting this up. When they're trying to paint the human face on Christie, they know what the defense is going to say. I mean, I doesn't take a genius, right? When you heard, just heard this part. But what happened to Christy is shocking to the senses. Not to mention Mr. Martin, who we know was choked to death, taken out to a field, hacked up into pieces, put into garbage bags, distributed all over the parish. World War II veteran, a grandfather, a great-grandfather, a, a father, um, true patriot Mixon's already been found guilty of that y'all what you've got to listen to and I know it seems long and tedious compared to what I normally do but you've got to listen to the facts as they are asked as it is a matter of public record because it's going to shock the shit out of you the sugar turn to shit is coming but it comes from this monster's mouth and again, when I get done with it, we're going to do a call to action and on a wing and a prayer that we can help this family. And I'm, I'm concluding this episode of Death Penalty Phase 3. Um, again, I want to thank everybody who voted in the podcast awards. We'll let you know if we make the finals. Oh, y'all, the go check out The Daily Show, Real Life for Crime Daily. Of course, check out Bloody Angola. Um, and we all our social media. Of course, we have the Real Life Real Crime Community app. Go download it for free from the App Store. Uh, Patreon of Convicts. I have your bonus episodes. I've got to get it put up. Uh, we've been running and gunning, and it'll be up the first week of August. Thank you so much for your support. And listen, what I'm going to do for y'all, I have all these documents. I'm going to lock everything. A lot of them are bad. I'm going to start locking them up in the Patreon vault so y'all can go in and view them and read this craziness for yourself. So it's going to be a lot more coming to you, but I appreciate your support and love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. And let's talk real. Oh, TikTok. I've been having a lot of fun, y'all, uh, with my TikTok. I'm learning. I got some right after this case, some new stuff we're going to do with RRC original this show. Uh, I've got a guest host by you underscore brandy that's her tiktok handle go follow her stuff she does true crime and she's a louisiana girl you know does girl posts uh, uh but the true crime stuff is phenomenal and we're going to do a case together and you'll get to meet her then and understand her background same as mine she was a 911 dispatcher she was in the army uh and we actually were uh, we had the same mos or job what they call it I was a nuclear biological chemical warfare specialist. She was a chemical warfare specialist. And now, you know, she has masters in social work and all that. But the the true crime part, I think it's going to be very interesting. She has the, the knowledge, particular knowledge, and millions of, of views on the one the one case that we're going to talk about. But we'll get to that. We've got to finish this one first. Uh, Lopa, Louisiana, Oregon, Procure. Oh, follow me on TikTok, Real Life, Real Crime. Go to TikTok, research Real Life Real Crime. It'll pull up my stuff. Give me, give me a follow. I'd appreciate that. And you can give Brandy a follow. It's it's uh, by you, B-A-Y-O-U underscore Brandy. And let her know the Real Life Real Crime sent you. All right? And she's doing the same thing for listeners uh, that are coming to our show. All right. So Lopa, Louisiana Oregon Procurement Agency. Y'all know it's my jam. 
always has been, always will be. Um, beautiful organization, nonprofit, and not only do they help uh, assist in the procurement of, of organs to save lives for other people, but they help these families day in and day out. They'll help them for the rest of their lives. And so they take, it's just, it's just a great bunch of people. And, um, I want you to go sign up to be an organ donor. If you haven't yet, go to lopa.org. And if you're a lifer from Pensacola, Florida, you don't have to be from Louisiana. If you want to sign up to be an organ donor, go to lopa.org, fill out the questionnaire and give the gift of life and sight and, health and everything else and that's it y'all i'm woody overton your host of real life real crime the podcast until next time or ever don't let me catch you down on murder by you peace yeah the rights remain silent Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.